my best advice for if you want to sell products is if you can connect and relate a story to it and a feeling to it, you're good. You know, like that's that's the biggest thing is if you getting that you know a story behind it. If you can if you can talk about what it is as opposed to like oh this is a print I, I don't know I thought it was cool I made it it's I like it. What's going on? You're listening to episode 88 of the Perspective Podcast, and I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective. This show is about carving out time to build something for yourself. I want to share what is and isn't working for me, along with sharing my guest point of view. This platform also allows me to cast the spotlight and celebrate those creating big waves in the community through interviews and a weekly dose of inspiration in the outro. So stick to the end because it could be you. Some days, it feels like you just can't catch a break. Hell, days become weeks, months, and years. Believe me, I know what that feels like. Playing the victim, feeling like the universe is conspiring against you. Trust me, I know. However, something I continue to preach on this show is everything boils down to mindset and making a choice. You can't control everything in life, but you can control these two facets. I personally believe when you choose to approach things with a positive outlook, it's easier to attract more opportunities and the right people in your life. Cue today's guest. Freaking Kenny Vidinich, aka Kung Fu Kenny, aka of One Vibe of Honolulu. Kenny and I go back a few years on Instagram, and we finally got a chance to meet today after multiple conversations through DMs. I've watched him curate a unique style, find his voice, and grow a loyal fan base and customer base with his work and his successful product launches. So grab your snorkeling gear as we take a deep dive into topics such as the power of positive thinking and law of attraction, developing your style by putting yourself in your work, connecting and growing an audience, product launches, building an email list, and a ton of other rad shit. You can find the show notes of this episode jam-packed with Kenny's stellar work and everything we reference at perspective-collective.com slash 88. If you found value in this episode, please consider supporting the show by becoming a pledger at patreon.com slash perspective podcast. Shout out to all the new pledgers over this last month. There's been quite a few of you lately, and you have no idea how much that means to me. And with as little as your weekly cup of coffee, you can help this show reach more people who need it while helping me continue to improve the quality and bring on more help. What also helps the show grow is by sharing it on social media, subscribing, and leaving a rating review on Apple Podcasts. In the outro of each episode, I share a review from someone like you to publicly return the love. And finally... If you catch some inspiration from the show, create some work and tag me at Perspective Podcast on Instagram, I'll give it a share where I post each week's episode artwork and make sure you get some credit. Let's get into the show. Of course, man, you got a crazy following, so I know people would die to learn how you did it. So that's, I mean, plus you got rad work too, so... Well, yeah, I mean, I'll try and put as much light on the situation as I can, but honestly, like... Most of it comes down to just, uh, for lack of a better terminology, it's just the power of positivity, honestly. It's just, you know, just putting yourself out there in a positive way and always thinking the best and always knowing that the best is is going to happen and doing that sort of stuff as opposed to, like, you know, dredging and and this. And it's like, oh, my God, is this going to work? Is this going to work? No, whatever. Fuck it. It is going to work. It will work. Yeah, see, I spent a lot of my life kind of, going the whole feeling sorry for myself feeling like a victim and and literally when you like flip that switch and you change your mindset it's amazing like just how you know things can snowball in a positive direction instead of you know oh it's it it is unbelievable unbelievable and that's and that's like honestly for any anything in in life and and design and everything it's just like you know if if you always think about the worst that's going to happen bad shit's going to happen it's it's how it works if you think about the best that's going to happen law of attraction i'm i'm big into that man i i kind of like how this has already started we're going to we're going to use this we're going to use this already in the intro i like it already so do you do your thing full time freelance then um so that's it's kind of ish yeah so um 
I've been doing the freelance thing. I started One Vibe eight years ago. Um, I've been doing the freelance thing um, up until about two years ago. And then I got presented by a company that's out here in Hawaii to, to be the lead designer for them. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm pretty much two days a week for them. And then right after that, another company presented essentially the same sort of thing. So it's technically in-house lead designer for them, but the way that it operates is I'm at home working from my office and it's essentially freelance schedule. Like it's not like nine to five. It's like, you know, if you're, if you're working today, we expect this from you and that sort of stuff. It's, it's not, you know, you need to be sitting in front of your chair. We need to do a Skype session in the morning. It's, it's real easy going. It's kind of like a nice happy medium of freelance and contract work at the same time. Are they hiring you for your style of illustration as well? Or is it other kind of design work as well too? Well, the local company um, is very, very, um, plays it very close to the chest where, you know, they don't release anything. I don't even share any of their work. Okay. Do you have like an NDA? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I can't, I can't share anything with them. So if you look at my work, you actually um, won't see anything for them. Once in a while, I'll see some kind of ad pop up and I'm like, I know whose art that is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Some of those sponsored posts. I'm like, that's got your style written all over it. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is that, which helps me too. Um, you know, I, I'm able to develop a style and a look that people are able to you know, catch and grab right away, which I don't, I don't know exactly what it is that I've, I've done, but there is something to it that, you know, I get tagged all the time and be like, Oh, one vibe, did you do this? Or one vibe, they're stealing your work. Be like, no, they, they paid me for it. It's all good. Yeah. 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 But that's when, you know, you have a community of people reaching out. Cause like I've dealt with plenty of that stuff, people ripping your stuff off, trying to profit off it. So, you know, but at least you got like, you got a hardcore community. And I want to get into that too, but I guess for for those who don't know, and like, and I'm getting to know you more too, uh, give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself and how you even started One Vibe. We we know that now you've been doing it for eight years now, but you know, what's kind of the backstory? And have you always been in Hawaii? Uh, I have not. So uh, I I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So you're you were my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, Midwest kids, fellow Midwest kids. So yeah, and then when I was 18 years old, I got a, a full ride scholarship out here to Hawaii Pacific University. Um, Actually, if, as weird as it is for cheerleading, um, but, and that's like that was kind of like going along the power of positivity and law of attraction, that sort of thing. Um, I, I, I saw this. I went to a college fair my sophomore year, and there was this school, Hawaii Pacific University, in the suburbs of Illinois and stuff. And they they had this packet, and I saw this campus that was in the mountains and on the beach, and I was like, oh, that is where I want to be. That that's where I want to go to school no idea how it was going to happen, what was going to play out to get it to go. Um, but then my, my senior year or the summer before my senior year, I happened to, you know, I was a gymnast my whole life. And then I happened to go into this thing where it was uh, a cheerleading gym and ended up getting a full ride scholarship to Hawaii Pacific university, the very school that I was like, that is where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's where I'm going to go. So like not even design related, nothing design related? At all. This was, this was, you know, this was at a time when I was, I didn't even know I wanted to be a designer. I was 18 years old. Um, I, I always drew, always loved art and that sort of stuff, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go be a designer. That's what I'm, that's my dream. That's my goal. Yeah. You didn't know that you can actually like do something. I had no idea. I, I, I love to draw. I love making art, you know, like even during that time I had a crazy mural on my wall and stuff like that, but it just never clicked it to, to go that sort of route. But once I, you know, started moving and doing stuff out here, um, I started a clothing company with a couple of my buddies and we just did like some quick, easy shirts. And that's when I was like, wow, this is really what I want to do. And so that, that really led me down the trail of what do I need to do to kind of get this going? And I, I'm not the type of person that does anything half-ass. Yeah. I, I can see that. I, I vibe to that. That's exactly how I am. Right on, right on. Yeah. So that's where, you know, when, when that happened, I was, I wasn't like, you know, I'm going to start a t-shirt company. I'm going to do this to get by. I was like, no, I'm, if I'm going to start a t-shirt company, it's going to be the best t-shirt company we've ever seen. And I'm going to be the best designer ever where granted that's, you know, that's not easy to accomplish, but whatever, you know, so that's where I went at it. So then I, I moved back to Chicago for two years. Um, 
finished up design school at the Art Institute of Chicago, really kind of solidified what I wanted to be doing and my style and my look and that sort of stuff. And I actually didn't even know Illustrator was a program before going to art school. So, so yeah, so that was, that was once I, once they showed me Illustrator and I opened up that program, I was like, oh, this is what I've been trying to do for years. Trying to like, I was like, oh, I've always wondered how those logos were so perfect and this and that. And so, yeah, so I was, I was actually really late into the game and it wasn't until I was in college that I even knew about Illustrator. So it's funny now, like that is, I don't even open anything else besides Illustrator, really. I think it's funny because a lot of people think it's too late for them. And that's like one of the big things I want to hit on the show is like, you could be a late bloomer. Even Gary V says it like he didn't, Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you know him. Like he found his stride. He was grinding behind the seats for years and found a stride in his forties. You know, what is it? The Colonel for Kentucky fried chicken ended up like blowing his shit up when he was like 60. So, I mean, it, it's never too late. Never, never. And that's, and it's, it's all just the fun and the passion that you put into it. You know, you can, it, you, it, it can be too late if you want to half-ass it and do that sort of stuff. But if you truly want to do it and you have the passion to do it, it's never too late. And, and there's something for everyone out there. There's so many different looks, styles. You don't have to be an incredible artist, even like some of some of the the most hype artists out there, you're like, oh, wow, that's actually not even that good. So Exactly. There's like some kind of message behind it, some kind of story and experience, entertainment or educational aspect or angle to it. So this is kind of a two-part, a double threat question. What does One Vibe stand for? And then, you know, I want to talk a little bit more of how you found that style, how you kind of stumbled into that style, because I kind of have some ideas, but I want to hear it from you first. So, like, what does One Vibe stand for? Well, uh, the whole idea of One Vibe came from the idea that just for me, I'm very nature oriented. Um, as we'll talk later about my creative process, like it, it comes from going out and on, going on adventures and that sort of stuff, as opposed to, you know, sitting on my phone, looking at other designers and that sort of stuff. Um, but essentially what the whole idea is, is that me, you, the guy, your neighbor, my neighbor, we're all in this together. It's not, we're not, we're not, individual little pieces running around trying to make craziness of this world you know it's all one cohesive piece and once we figure that out everything works that much better and even in like the design world you know there's there's so many different moving parts of everything it's like you know it's just even if you're just a designer now you have that design you're going taking that to the the clothing company or whatever they're using it for now they have their sales team doing this and it's, it's not just one person doing anything it takes a village, it takes a team, and that's the whole idea of one vibe is like, you know, there's there's a million, million, billion different vibrations going on at one time, but there is that one that we're all on, you know, and, and once you tap into that and see that and get into that, and that's kind of what my art is all based around is just, you know, unity, love, aloha, power, positivity, and that sort of stuff, and that's all one vibe is, is that we're all one, essentially. That leads me to the next question of how you were able to find your style. Because I'm big on, you know, instead of showing the work you think people want to see, show the things that interest you, you know, the things that are a part of you, that uh, your your story, your DNA, and that screams in your work. So, I mean, that's that's like a secret of finding your style, I feel like, is pouring you into your work. Oh, 100%. And that's, and that's kind of what I was going to go with on that was... You know, when I first started off, I was taking on every single project. They were like, oh, we want it done in this style from this. You know, it was like I was even like copying people's work. And I was like, I don't care what it is. I'm just getting it all out there. You got to do that. Exactly. You got to do it. Exactly. So, there, you know, I was doing that. And then on the side, I always had my passion projects. And I was like, oh, I really want to. I have this idea. I'm going to make it happen. And I would, you know, I would just kind of chip away at it after hours and that sort of stuff. And then I would post that sort of stuff. And then as time progressed and I got more passion projects out there, there was a way, way, way bigger response to the stuff that I wanted to be doing than just the stuff that I was just putting out there thinking people wanted to see. So that's kind of when it shifted a lot. And then that helped because once you kind of go in a certain direction, now all these people are seeing this style and they're attracted to it and they're saying, Oh, well, can we get something done in this style? And now you're, you're formulating your style as opposed to, you know, copying other people's. They're coming to you for this certain look as opposed to 
bringing you a look and asking you to execute it. You know, you're kind of opening up their eyes to a, a whole new sort of style. So like you do have a style. I could pick that shit out from anywhere. There's no right or wrong answer to this. Do you think it's best to like find one style? If it sinks or like it catches on with people, do you think it's best to keep going that direction? Or do you sometimes feel like you're pigeonholed into this style that you create? Like, do you ever want to branch out and try new things? See, that's funny you ask that now, because now that I'm, I've only been about, you know, up until maybe a year ago, I was sitting at about maybe 10K followers, just staying real steady. Oh, yeah. You you have blown up, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm super, super thankful for that. And and I, I really contribute a lot to that, to finding that certain sort of look and style and keeping it very beachy, Hawaiian, tropical. Doing more of what works. Do, yeah, exactly. But now that it's been you know, a year or so in that. And I've, and I've kind of, I'll try and sneak some stuff in there. That's a different, still my style, but you know, different sort of stuff. And it doesn't quite get the response that I, that I I was hoping for. So that's kind of discouraging. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like, like the Apple. I like the one with like the Apple and the pencil and you did some, you, you do your own lettering here and there too. Like there's a big lettering audience on that. Like that was a switch up a style. Like I really enjoyed you know, I was kind of just scrolling through your feed looking for different things. And yeah, once in a while, you got to just pivot. So that's that's what I struggle with is like my shit is so consistently inconsistent. Like you don't know what you're going to get next for me, but I've just learned to like embrace it because I don't have like a specific style. But you, you got a style and now you switch up different mediums of how you bring it out with which you've been extremely successful for. You know, you started off with I'm, I'm assuming prints and probably stickers, you know, kind of the the basic things everybody starts with. But uh, tell a little bit more about your products because you got a super loyal audience. It seems like everything you put out sells out, which is not easy to do. Like you, you, you find a specific style, you have a niche audience and you constantly crank out brilliant ideas. Like, can you tell the, the progression of how you got into doing products and you know, what are the, some of the most recent ones and where these ideas came from? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so it's actually, I would say it was the, the loyal following that I've, acquired is has been really a, a few years in the making without me consciously realizing it or like me trying to plan any sort of attack or anything did you just make things for you first and just to see if there was any interest yeah yeah a hundred percent so I, I started off in like just a couple years into one vibe I, I did real limited t-shirt designs and and real limited releases on that describe limited you know like how how many 50 to 100 pieces total. So that's all sizes. That's including hoodies, tank tops, T-shirts. So so 100 pieces total for each release. And so this is, they would sell out in a few weeks and stuff. So it's nothing like it is now where everything's selling out in like 10 minutes and stuff, which is crazy to me still. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for it. But, you know, it, it took a few weeks and that sort of stuff. I didn't have the, the hype and the 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 audience and the following that I have now, but I did that, did a, a year or two of, of doing some limited product releases. And then I just completely stopped. Just said, you know what, I'm going to work, focus on my client work. This, this is a lot of extra work. It's not really profitable for me. It was just kind of fun. It was cool. It was good marketing. Um, but I'm really going to focus on my client work. So completely stopped. And then in that meantime was when my following really jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped. And it was going from like 10,000 to 20,000 in like a week and stuff. And it was just like, what is going on? In a week? God damn. Jump was crazy. Like I went from 10,000 to, to 20,000. Is it the, the features like using Instagram as a tool and finding the right hashtags and catching the features from different illustration accounts and art sharing? That's a hundred percent what it was, was I switched my hashtags, hashtags from like just generic illustrator, illustration, you know, that sort of stuff to, you know, places like the design tip and, you know, simply cool design. And then it only took, you know, graphic design central and those places and that those, those, it took, you know, two or three posts from them and shares. And then all these other accounts and pages that were similar to them started sharing it. And then it was just like, boom, blown up. This is a great example. So like 
a couple, uh, I guess a couple months ago, this we're, we're talking in the future, so past tense, I put out an episode on like six ways to grow your Instagram letter audience, but I made like a side note, like these tactics work for whatever type of art you create in a sense, because there's some type of featuring page and you're like literally living proof of, you know, how you can pivot and do it different from a different field of like illustration and design work. So there are these accounts out there. If you do photography, lettering, illustration, character animations, whatever it is, like that's exactly it. Find those hashtags, be tactical about it and, you know, continue to find your style. So exactly. Yeah. And they, they were a huge part in, in doing all that. And so I'm, you know, they, they helped me do that. So in that meantime, you know, I was sold out of everything. I, I left my shop up and, you know, there was shirts and prints, but everything was always sold out. So I would, you know, I can't even begin to tell you how many people would message me, comment on stuff as, like, oh, how can I get this? Where can I get this? Or please release prints, please do that. So, you know, after a few months of that and really seeing that the, the interest in my work really starting to grow, I was like, man, I think I'm really sitting on something here. So I, I started real small, just did um, print releases and stuff like that. And I've always kept everything limited edition. You, I, I set a number. That's what it is. Boom. Like what's a print release? Like I, I told you earlier, so listeners know I got one. I've been rocking here on my wall for damn near a year and a half now. So yeah, I, um, it's, it's, I would say I've never done anything more than 50 prints. Um, unless it's a time limited print, which which is also a really cool idea if you're trying to do limited edition stuff, and it gives you uh, so nice. What do you mean by time limited? Yeah, so what what it is is I'll set a date, say you know it's today, so I'll say June twenty second or whatever the date is, whenever this is released. But um, you know at one o'clock it's releasing, and then on June twenty sixth at one o'clock it's done. So whatever the number is during those that allotted time, like a pre, like a pre-order. Uh, yeah, it's essentially a pre-order. Um, but it's it's more I don't qual or you know name it a pre-order. I, it's a time limited release, so then those people kind of do that. Um, so then it's, it it allows you to increase those numbers, but also leave your limited edition thing. So once it's done, it's still sold out. But now you have a few more possibilities of people coming in and doing stuff and, and grabbing a print where they wouldn't. Do you print your own stuff, print on demand? Yes, yes. So I, I, have, I have a printer in-house and stuff. And I really liked, you had like a certificate of like ownership to go with each one. You know, that's just like a little extra oomph of the branding experience. A lot of people don't think about, so it sells the limitedness. Definitely, and that's a lot of, I think, I mean, this is, a, I don't know, I can't say this is directly what, caused the success in my product releases but i can attribute to you know stuff like that is the little details because because of the comments that i get from people it's like oh this was so cool that you did this and that now i've recently switched my packaging to it's all branded and all um recyclable and that sort of stuff because everything is very eco-conscious with one vibe and stuff too so that has brought in, you know, other little things. It's just like little, little things like that. People love and adore the little details, you know, and you put a little handwritten note in there. People, you know, so that's, that is the big key right there. That, that creates so many like repeating customers of mine. Like I don't sell products like you do, but that handwritten note, like even when I get a package from someone, I'm like super bummed if I don't get a handwritten note, <laughs> that like bums me out. Yeah. So, I mean like that's what. The, the certificate of authenticity, you know, it's like signed, hand numbered. And that that was the sort of feeling that I wanted to put. It was like, I'm not just sitting here selling you sheets of paper. I'm putting my heart, my, my love. And this is, this is something that I truly love and appreciate. And I hope that you love and appreciate it too. So I, I definitely, definitely feel that with everything you put out. So talk about your email list. Cause a lot of people don't do an email list. Like I use an email list and that's like, people think email's dead and it, it's not like it helps you cut through the the noise of social media the engagement can stuff can be good but like the chances of someone opening your email is way better than you thinking you're gonna hit everybody on your facebook page or like getting sales through your instagram necessarily like how, when did you start building your email list and has that been like a big tool for you to launch your products oh huge yeah yeah it's it that has been very very crucial for me do you sell more through your email list over than like Instagram? 
I'd say it's about half and half. So that's pretty big because I sell a lot through Instagram. Do you have a business account set up? I don't. So that's that's kind of something that like a little a little weird for me because so I switched on that. I switched to a business account and I had this theory that like Instagram shuts you down if you don't pay to promote. Yes. And you and you got a business thing. So I, I made this switch one time because I was like I, I, I did a hat. Actually, this hat that I'm wearing right now. Um, I released it and it was something different because, you know, I've, I've done woodcuts and that those are hard to sell for someone who doesn't follow you already because you're introducing not only your artwork to them, but you're introducing a totally brand new product. They don't even know what it is to them. And those sold out too though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those, those were the hot tickets. Those things sell out instantly. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. So, but when I had my hat, I was like, oh, that's actually a product people know. I can do some sponsored ads and stuff like that. I didn't anticipate it to sell out as quickly. I did a little bit higher numbers. I did a hundred of them. So it was more than what I usually do of like, you know, 50 or, you know, woodcuts can be as low as five. So there can be very limited, but you know, I, I made that switch and, and, and plans to do a sponsored ad. And all of a sudden I went from like 3000 to 4,000 likes a photo to 300, 400 likes a photo. And, my videos were getting thirteen to 15,000 views, all of a sudden getting 1,200 views. And I was like, this is really shady feeling. So I, I switched it back to a personal account and boom, right back to normal. Or not right back, but it was, you know, it took a little interaction and that sort of stuff. But it's now, you know, fully functioning again like it used to. Whereas like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now at a catch-22 because I, I want to be paying to promote and getting my art out there. But at the same time, if the people that are interested aren't seeing it, what's the point of trying to reach all these other people? Man, I went, I spent all 2017 dealing with that, not thinking about the business account until my buddy said something in like November and I jumped off it and like immediately it, night and day difference of engagement and then tinking around with different hashtags, switching things up, posting different times regardless. But okay, see, you just like solidified my theory. Yeah, well, you solidify my, and I talk to other people um, that I know that have like big followings and stuff like that. Like uh, one of the the in house uh, design jobs that I have, they they have you know eighty thousand followers or something like that. Always used to get thousands of likes, and now that they're they're they are a business one, and they make a lot of money through sponsored posts. So they it's it's really hard for them to make that switch back. So. It's more beneficial right now to keep it as a business because of the amount of money they're making off the sponsored post. But on their regular posts, it's like they went from a thousand likes to like not even breaking a hundred sometimes. So I'm like, this is outrageous. And like, and then you can see like the the posts and um, for like myself where you say you have like certain verbiage like available or releasing or for sale or you can find it at this site. All of a sudden, you can see your your um, interactions coming down from there so there's other sort of algorithms and stuff involved and stuff so yep they're they, they picking up those words yep 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 you got to pay to play with some of that okay perfect back to the email thing so like when did you start doing that would you suggest someone to build an email list do you use mailchimp because i've been studying your emails over like the last year or so just how you do it because i i build up product launches here and there and what are your best tactics for building your email list especially with this eu gdpr bullshit yeah so um I would say the the best thing that I have done with my newsletters is um, it's only for my products. So I don't use it to try and promote my, my design services or anything like that. Um, and I only, only, only do it when there is a release or there's a call to action at that point in time. Because the, I, I, I have an email account. I know how many newsletters get sent to it and I know how many I open. So if it's, you know, if it's something that I'm actually interested in, maybe I'll open it, maybe I won't, you know, but if it's, if it's something that I'm definitely interested in and it only comes at very important times, then I'm definitely going to open it. So that's what I try and make sure I do is like the only time I'll send you something is when there's a call to action or you need to know something that's happening right now. Do you use MailChimp? Yes, I do. Um, I, I, I have been considering, cause I use Squarespace for my, uh, website. And they just upgraded to having um, newsletters sent out through them. So I haven't done it yet, but they they just integrated that. So I was going to try that out and see how that went just because it's a, a direct link. 
and you can keep it uh, the the style and the design very cohesive with each other as opposed to jumping between Mailchimp. But at the same time, I love Mailchimp, and I've I've grown to use it for everything. And uh, I actually just this past time, this past release, and this is another little fun little note or for releases and stuff is just to incorporate little touches and fun little things. Um, this past time I sent out, so MailChimp, you know how MailChimp gives you the star ratings and stuff like that. So every, everyone that has a five-star rating on my, my newsletter list, I, I added into this VIP status. So now they're getting the, the extra boost and that sort of stuff. And, and it'll, I, it allows them to receive stuff that extra promos and stuff like that, because they're the ones that are actually engaging and doing that sort of stuff. So now it's keeping them wanting to keep engaged and stuff and keeping that five-star status and keeping them. Do you just like make a custom campaign and send it just to those VIPs for something? Exactly. What like, so like a discount in your shop or what? Yeah. So this past time I just, I just select, cause you can go in, you go to your, your campaign list select and you can see the rating of every single person on there. So I just went through selected all the five-star ones and then they all got a, a 15% uh, promo code that they could use for this past release. So not only is it, you know, keeping them involved with the newsletters, it's now creating exactly doing that. And now it's, and it's creating that, that want to, to purchase something else and continue purchasing stuff like that. That's a great idea. Where do you get your ideas for like these woodcuts and everything? Do you think of them of yourself? Do you gauge interest from other people first? Do you like make a prototype first and then see how people react and then you realize that you're onto something? Uh, well, it, it kind of fell into my lap. I had a, a friend who was working in-house as a production designer for a, a big art producing company that's on island. And I just reached out to him. I was like, you know, are you doing anything different? I, I want to do something new something different I've, I've been doing prints i've done shirts but i i want something that's like you know brand new something no one's ever seen before and so he showed me these prints on wood and stuff like that and these other laser cuts and that and i was like well can we combine them and do a laser cut and then print on it and he's like well i think so so we tried doing that and we just i started with just like real simple stuff and you know, cause I didn't, I didn't know what we could do with it and everything. So I started with like my low, my wave logo and stuff like that and real simple, simple things. And then once I had the actual products in hand and see how they kind of interact with, with light and on your wall and how they pop and that sort of stuff, then it allowed me to really build and grow and, you know, see the designs that I, I have and kind of use them and pull them apart and see what would work really well as a woodcut. Um, like this last one that I did, um, it was called the protect woodcut. And as a, compared to what I did at the very beginning, it is not even in the same realm of complexity. You know, it's just, there's real little thin pieces and that. So it's just the way that it interacts with each other is, is way different than the first one. So it's all just been building and growing off this one little idea of like, I just want to do something different. And you build some type of message and story into things. And I think that's what helps people resonate with it and triggers like, oh shit, this means something to me. And it increases, it, it increases the value and the want. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you can, my best advice for, if you want to sell products is if you can uh, connect and relate a story to it and a feeling to it, you're good. You know, like that's, that's the biggest thing is if you getting that, you know, a story behind it, if you can, if you can talk about what it is as opposed to like, Oh, this is a print. I, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I made it. It's it's, I like it. Buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Or, or you can go and you can tell this story and show this product. And then people are like, Oh yes, I attract to that way more. Would you say your audience is nature, eco-conscious, tropical, loving people? Oh, definitely. But the crazy thing is, is like it's like the, a lot of the places that I send to are Canada and the Midwest, and it's people that are trying to get a piece of paradise that don't necessarily always have it. Ah, uh, like a wish you were here kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that's kind of. And that's me from growing up in the Midwest, knowing like I, I 
from a little kid, I knew I wanted to live in Hawaii. It's always been my dream to surf and to be on the beach all day. So there was always that draw to it for me. So now I, I kind of took that same feeling and put it towards other people. I could like see a campaign right now. Here's your little piece of paradise. You could like build around that. Like, damn, dude, that'd be a dope idea or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I actually have the, one of the designs that I like my first passion project that kind of started growing my following and pushing my style into this thing was my, my design called slice of paradise, which is, it just, it looks like a chunk of an Island that's removed and it's just you know, it's your slice of paradise. Wait. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was the, um, the one that you shared this morning and the story and stuff. Yeah. So that was the whole idea was it was, you get your own slice of paradise and that, you know, you can grab your own slice, your own piece of it and stuff like that. So that's actually where it came from. And that kind of just kind of trickled down and, and led to everything else is like, you know, there's people out there that wish they were here every single day, you know? So I have a good local following and stuff, but the, the hardcore following is, is tends to be from places that can't have that tropical touch. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that that's, that's dope. Can I make a request someday for like a pizza wave or a pizza Island or something like that? That'd be sick. Yes, most definitely. A pizza a pizza wave would be definitely awesome. That'd be dope. So, do you do a lot of freelance right now? Still, none right now. No. So I, I'm I'm the in-house designer for two companies, and then I do my my product designs. Yeah, yeah. So I I I haven't taken on freelance work in almost two years now. How do you balance like the day job, the side hustle, and I believe you're married now, right, or engaged? Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I will be getting married by the time this airs. I will be married. I'll be on my honeymoon. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. What, what date are you getting married? Uh, we will get, be getting married July 13th. Okay. Mine's July 18th is my anniversary. So we're, 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 we're close. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Most people go to like Hawaii for their honeymoon. Where are you going to go? Well, we're staying in Hawaii. We're going to another Island. We're just going to Maui for, yeah, we're trying to, we're in the process of trying to build a family and buy a place and stuff like that. And with the, the cost of living out here, we're, we're, we got to pinch every penny. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. Yeah. So we're just, we're just hopping over to Maui for, for a week, but it's going to be awesome because I don't, I, I'm actually getting the week off and it's probably been about eight years since I've got a full week off. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you balance the time between the day job and the side hustle and you know, being a soon to be husband and family duties, friend responsibilities, commitments, you know, how, how do you do you like literally schedule out your day to day or do you just create when the muse hits you? Um, it's kind of it's kind of a mix between the both. I try uh, as much as I try, I'll try and have a schedule. I'm like, all right, this is the time I'm going to sit down. But, you know, as a designer, you can sit down all you want. It doesn't mean something's going to come out and something's going to happen. So, you know, there. If it doesn't happen, I have no problem going surfing, going for a hike or something like that and kind of just re-switching everything up. But, you know, honestly, I, that's, that's been one of my bigger struggles is, is trying to keep that balance and always finding that balance because, you know, there's a lot of times where business is booming and doing great and I'm super stoked with how business is going. Then all of a sudden, you know, I find out, you know, or I realize I haven't talked to any friends or my, my fiance isn't too stoked with what I'm doing or, you know, how the, the love that I've been giving. And so it's like, you're telling me my story right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's still been my biggest, one of my bigger challenges is trying to find that balance, but it's, it's starting to get there. Um, you know, and it, and it is realizing the fact that sitting down in front of your computer doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get work done. You know, you got to You got to do it when you when you're feeling it, when you know it's going to happen. You know, and there's there's times where I could be more productive in three hours if I go and just knock the funk off me first, as opposed to sitting in, in my desk for 12 hours that day. You know, so it's just it's it's finding and realizing that and not saying, all right, I need to be in front of my desk for these 12 hours. Otherwise, it's not a productive day because, you know, creativity and this comes from everything. We're not we're literally creating stuff or something from nothing you know it's it's not an easy task to do and people you know i think a lot of designers downplay how crazy it is is what we're doing you know we're we're essentially making something from nothing so you know you you got to 
treat yourself and, and handle the stuff that, and get that creative going, creativity going. Otherwise, you're just going to be, like I said, sitting in front of your computer doing nothing and not being productive anyway. So that's where I think finding the balance comes in is realizing when and where you're going to actually get the work that needs to be done, done. And Word. Before we go to rapid fire questions, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a creative at any stage of life who struggles starting or sticking with it? Because it's probably not always been easy for you. You didn't just like blow up on Instagram overnight and have your products just take off, you know, like from the outside looking in, it's like, damn, I wish I could be him, but it's not always that easy. You know, it's a daily, it's a daily, daily grind. Oh, a hundred percent. It is, it takes more work than I ever thought would be needed to do something like this. And I do want to throw it out there that I started one vibe when I was crashing on my friend's couch. Like it, like this started, this is grassroots. Like I, I was crashing on a couch for months on this and, you know, just trying to get everything going and flowing. And, you know, I'm thankful that now it's, it's at this, this point. So I would say, you know, my best piece of advice like I said earlier, stay positive with everything. Always know that you're incredible. What you're doing is incredible, you know, and be proud. You you speak a universal language. Not everyone can do that. That's something that's, that's very, very important in the world. So be proud of that. Be, know, know your worth and, you know, and excel on that. Um, and just have fun. You know, that's, that's the biggest thing I would have to say to, to, be successful in this industry because what's the point of doing this and doing this if it just feels like work, you know? So I, I have a, a freaking blast doing this still. I might work 14 hour days, but I love it still. And I'm not sick of it. I don't get, I, I will get, you know, a little fizzled out, but I'm still waking up every single day stoked to create and making stuff. So have fun, do it, do what you want with it. Don't focus on what other people want, what your clients want and that sort of stuff and realize that, you know, it can be discouraging, especially this day and age, but you, you got a freaking awesome power and, you know, just use it and create and no, no need to be a starving artist. You can be a very happy, successful artist. Damn. Love it. That's dope, man. Uh, I resonate with all of that. All right. Rapid fire. If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Well, since I'm a vegan, it's uh, it would be probably a little different than yours. Um. <laughs> That's totally okay. Hey, yeah, I, I've had vegan vegetarians. I'll answer this. So, yeah, yeah. So uh, it would probably be a nice uh, flatbread, more more of a flatbread sort of thing, sans cheese, and um, yeah, just loaded with veggies and garlic. Really. <laughs> okay. Hey, that works. That works totally. Yeah. So I, I've, I used to love, I'm from Chicago, so I love deep dips pizza. So honestly, if I was on death row, I'd probably just go with Chicago deep dish anyway. There's a spin to it. Exactly. The whole key is like you're on death row. So you can like, this is your last hoorah. I, I'd say I'd, I'd have to go back to my roots and get some Chicago deep dish. <laughs> Screw the vegan for the death row. <laughs> exactly. That's the whole point of this one. All right. So this one. I don't even know where the hell I thought of this one. Honestly, I think it's from your latest release, uh, Protect, is it? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So this one, what's your spirit animal? Man, I would I would have to say, I'd want to say Ohonu, the, the sea turtle, just because they're so chill and so cruise. And like anytime I go dive around, they're just like, they're just like the cruisest animal. Like you've seen Finding Nemo. Like that is that is that is seriously the vibe they put out. However, I don't think I'm that chill, actually. As much as I would want to be, so I'd say I'd probably say I'm more of a dolphin. You know, I like to have fun. I'm a little crazy, but you know, there is that caring, compassionate side to me and everything. But perfect, perfect. All right, all right. Uh, I think I know the offline part of this, but this is one that uh, a listener said, "Hey, will you like ask people, you know, where they find their inspiration?" And I'm like, "Well, I know a lot of people find it from outside. So where do you find your inspiration online and offline?" Um, honestly, most of it will come from offline. Like as I was, I was saying earlier, anytime I, I want an idea or I'm craving an idea, I'll just go surf, I'll go hike, I'll go dive. And whenever I turn my brain off on trying to force an idea out, that's when a, an idea happens to pop in. Um, so that, that tends to allow me to create what naturally comes to me as opposed to when I look online at other people's work, I can kind of see myself sort of 
shifting into this new sort of look that kind of goes along with them and whatever's popular at the time. So I, I do want to stay relevant and modern with whatever the designs trends are at the time, but I don't ever want to get caught up in that, you know? So I like to look outside, but I also like to stay what's up on the design trends. So I, like I was saying earlier on those feature play pages, like the, the design tip, graphic design central, um, you know, I go on dribble. Yeah. Simply cool design. You know, it's, it's all that sort of stuff. And then I have, um, you know, the, the go-to artist that I, I do like to check out like Tom Hoganaut and stuff like that, who is like so different from my style. And that's what I kind of try and look for is people that are way, way, way different than what they're doing. So I can kind of implement some of their techniques as opposed to, you know, always being stuck with the same sort of stuff. So, yeah, but I would say most of it comes offline, honestly, as you can probably see from my work too. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just say it screams it from your work. All right, so if you were stranded on an island with only three possessions, what would they be? No cheating. Uh, well, since I'm on an island, I'd have to go number one being a surfboard because, as I said, fun is, is the most important thing to everything. And if I'm going to be stranded on an island, I might as well have some fun while I'm at it. So number one, definitely a surfboard. Um, and then I'd have to say a knife for obvious reasons. And, you know, I got to survive. And then other than that, a magnifying glass, because the last thing I'd want to be is, you know, have that lighter work for the first month. And then all of a sudden I'm not rescued and now my lighter's out. So genius magnifying glass, knife and a surfboard. All right. <laughs> that those are the most unique answers to this question yet. Well, awesome. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Last. But but it's like you you already know, though, like someone like for me, I would have no idea. Everybody's like a sketchbook and. You know, something. Yeah, I, I want to say that I would design still, but I think I'd be like, like, I've been so like kind of caught, especially like living on an island. There's tsunamis, the big islands going off with lava right now and stuff is like, I was just kind of picture if like, you know, like if the electricity on the island got shut down or like some some natural disaster happened when it was like back to the old days, it was like, I don't think I'd create at all. I'd just go out and, you know, I'd, I'd be out there surviving and doing this and that sort of stuff. I, I want to say that I'd create, but I don't think I would. <laughs> all right, man. Where can people go to find you online? Websites for products and stuff like that is onevibehawaii.com. Um, you can also find portfolio work and other stuff on there. Up-to-date information on and my news. Yeah, you can sign up for my newsletter on there. And then... Um, the most up-to-date stuff with my work and all that sort of stuff is just on Instagram at one vibe, O N E V I B E. Um, yeah. And I'd love to connect with anybody and everybody. So yeah. Do you got any new products planned right now? Or are you kind of chilling at the moment? No, sadly. So I don't know if you saw, but, um, I lost my, the production manufacturer for the woodcut. So the, the, the protect woodcut was actually my last woodcut, um, release. So I'm, I'm in the process of trying to figure out what's going to be next. Um, and this is, this is unknown to anybody, but I actually bought a laser. So by the time this, this releases, um, I will be full, probably have it up and running and ready to rock and we can collaborate on some cool stuff and, and create some other things. That'd be dope, man. And and anytime you have something new you want to hype up or launch out, just let me know so I can plug it in my newsletter with my audience. So happy to help. All right, homie. Man, it was so good to finally like put a face to the name and the work, man. This has been a long time coming and I'm glad. This is your first podcast, right? Very first, yes. So sorry if I sounded ridiculous to anybody. <laughs> no, man, you crushed it. You dropped a ton of value today. Oh, awesome. Right on. Thank you very much. And it was an absolute honor to, to be on this and to, you know, be able to finally connect with you and have that face to face conversation. It's been way too long in the making. So stoked on it. Hell yeah, man. We'll be in touch. All right. Most definitely. All right. Later. All right. Peace. Alright PC fam, there's Kenny Vidinich, Kung Fu Kenny, aka One Vibe, and it's crazy after talking to him over Skype, it felt like someone I've personally known for years, and I strongly feel we definitely share the same mindset and approach on life. 
He has an infectious personality that pairs perfectly with his outstanding work. Please do not hesitate to drop him a line and send him some love his way. And don't forget to follow his account and stay updated for his limited product releases. I can't wait to see what he has up his sleeves next. Thanks, Kenny. We appreciate you. This week's dose of inspiration goes out to none other than my homie, Edgar Garcias, which is E-G-G-G-N-E-R. It's like Eggner on the grams. Not only does Edgar have an edgy style combining letters and illustration, but he's been on a tear drawing portraits of people, you know, through Procreate and lots of lettering and design and lots of funkiness all into one little composition. It's pretty rad. And I met him last year at WMC Fest, and he shares his passion with the students as he is a design professor in California. He's also a Lakers fan, so that's a huge plus. So definitely check him out again over on Instagram at Egner. That's E-G-G-G-N-E-R. I want to mention the Facebook community because this is rapidly growing and it's basically just people who listen to the podcast. I really only talk about it here, so it makes it pretty special. So if you're looking for accountability, a place to share your work, people to collaborate with, give and receive solid feedback, get access to resources that'll elevate your creative game, then I encourage you to jump on Facebook and search for the Perspective Dash Collective Facebook group. This community is thriving, it's popping, there's tons of people just collaborating all over the world right now, getting feedback, putting themselves out there. It is amazing to see it's better than i could have ever imagined and we would love to have you be a part of it so again hop on facebook search the perspective collective to get involved with some rad people such as yourself if you're enjoying what you hear today and you want to support the growth of the show i have a few ways you can make that happen the first is by becoming a backer at patreon.com perspective podcast mentioned this in the intro but your pledge not only helps support the growth of this show but i do my best to hook you up with some rewards so it's a win-win The second way to support the show is for you crypto heads out there. In the show notes for each episode, I'll have addresses for Bitcoin, Ether, or Litecoin donations if you prefer to go that route. And finally, you can subscribe and leave a ratings and review over on Apple Podcasts. It not only helps the show get discovered, but it gives me an opportunity to give you a nice little thank you plug like this week's rating and review. And this one's titled, Plant Your Flag and Let It Wave by I Am Redicus. And this one's by my good friend Doc Reed. Love you, Doc. There aren't words to truly convey how much I enjoy Scotty and his work with his podcast. I love how he can throw down with everyone. Scotty tells it like it is and what he's learned in his personal battles, then leverages what he's learned for his audio tribe. To know Scotty is to love Scotty. To listen to Scotty is to learn and be challenged. Reed, you are one of the sincerest, most genuine humans out there. I appreciate every ounce of support you've ever sent my way sincerely thank you so much brother and as i wrap things up i need to give a huge thanks to anya brennan for making this episode sound so so good all the way from ireland little do you know i recorded this one at five ish in the morning and you know it wasn't rough so anya had to perform some magic also a huge shout out to Paige garland on the team for taking over the show notes and the newsletter so i can focus on bigger picture tasks you rock page and a huge thanks goes to nick jenkin of bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on the show check them out at soundcloud or on instagram at bluka that's b-l-o-o-k-a-h and as you finish off your week strong i want to continue to encourage you to keep showing up keep putting in the work and keep creating you got this you got this